everyone. Welcome to Tough Drafts, the podcast where four screenwriting gurus share tough notes on first drafts. I'm Steve, and today we'll be looking at my script, Peanut Begins. But first, let's go to a listener question. Ah, yes, here's a very good listener question. This is something I actually notice in a lot of television shows, so maybe we could um, lend our expertise. The question is, my dialogue doesn't sound very real. Any tips? Wow. What do you guys think? I think that is a great question. You know, I will say, for me, dialogue comes from listening to other people. And sometimes I will go to a club downtown and Mm -hmm. I will stand outside the club and I will listen to people getting thrown out of the club and I'll just record it. I'll record their conversations with the bouncer. And that's been the dialogue of every script I've ever written. Uh, mm-hmm. Every bit of dialogue I've ever written has just come from things a bouncer has said to someone that they're throwing out of the club at 2 or 3 a.m. And I'll just sleep down there. I'll just sleep down there. I'll listen. I'll record. I'll write as I'm going. And yes. I'll just live. I'll live my whole life right down there, right right down downtown, uh, right, right outside that club. Do you have any like specific club that you go to? It sounds like yes, but I'm just curious if Oh yeah, it's the Boys and Girls Club. Yeah, it's a Boys and Girls Club and uh it, they Big Bouncer. Yeah, there no one's supposed to be in there at 3 a.m. So they're just they're just throwing people out uh who have snuck in. Um and that's why the dialogue is just so interesting because everyone has these stories these poor kids who have nowhere to go uh at at 3 a.m or so and they're just they're just trying to find a nice place to rest and this bouncer just tosses them out and and i take every last word they say i know that something that helps me keep my dialogue real is when i check in with a little television program called the real world god damn it that's so fucking smart yeah it's sort of right in the title Um, If you're sick of people being fake and wanting to see people being real and watch how real people talk, I recommend watching all 40 seasons of The Real World to kind of get your dialogue. I know that in one season, Landon was there. And what I just remember that season, the transformation I saw you undergo as a writer and as a dad and just like as a human being during that season, it was it was really inspiring to watch you became such a worse dad yeah so much drama yeah you just like you were so caught up in the drama that yeah you were slapping your children you kept a yeah you kept accusing your kids of eating your food out of the fridge well living your art you know i know this is now this is controversial i guess we live in a world where everything is controversial i'll probably get canceled for this but uh sometimes you want to live your art rather than just leave it on the page. And in turn, actually what becomes on the page is actually becoming much better because you're living your art. That resonates with me. That's why I live outside that boys and girls club. Yeah. Um, That's Mm -hmm. why I live on the street outside there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's actually pretty similar to my answer too. I, there are a lot of people talk about method acting, but I like to method write. So um, if I'm writing a character that is, a, I don't know, a middle school teacher. I will get a job teaching middle school and I'll figure out what I would actually say as a middle school teacher. Say I'm uh, writing a movie about a um, 
prison guard. Do you, do you want us to say that? You just said, say I'm writing a movie about a prison guard. Mm-hmm. Say it. Okay. Steve is writing a movie about a prison guard. Okay, I will yeah. get a job as a prison guard, but I don't only do it for the main characters. So going back to that middle school teacher movie, they're students. Mm. Guess what I have to do? You got to become the student. Got to go undercover and enroll in a middle school. And thus the teacher becomes the student. Mm-hmm. Steve, I've had a peek at that resume of yours and it is long as hell. Yes. It was, I believe, 128 pages PDF'd. And size six font. Yeah, size six font. And some of the jobs you had were absolutely incredible. Uh, I mean, I was I was so impressed. You were uh, like in that case, I think you were trying to be. Yeah, Hammerman. Hammerman was really good. Hammerman was one that stood out to me. Yeah, and that was one of the harder jobs to get um, yeah. because for the for about two years I was trying to find that job, and everyone kept saying that is not a job. Yeah, that's just got to be so discouraging. Yeah. Oh yeah, they kept saying, uh, "Are you talking about like a construction worker?" Are you talking about a general contractor, a blacksmith? And I said, no, I want to be the hammer man. Yeah. And then I remember at like, once you did become the hammer man, I was like, wow, that's amazing. But then because that was all a part of the same script, you immediately, once you left that job, you had to become a brick man. Mm -hmm. And that I I was like, I don't know what that, that's definitely not a thing. Yeah. And you went through, you became a brick man. You became a steel man. You became a woodshop man. Uh, I think you also became a tree. Yeah. I did have to become a tree. And I'll tell you what was the hardest one actually was to become Hammer Girl, Hammer Man's wife. Whoa. That was hard. And not Hammer Woman. No, he's married. He, no, this is, it took place in the late 1800s. So he was married to a 12 year old. Yeah. I'm still, my fingers are still crossed that Pixar buys that script. I know you've been pitching it to him. And I think it's just, yeah. it's just right from. It's tough when your relationship with one of the top people. Uh, kind of dissolves but i think it's it's time to say steve jobs has been in the ground long enough steve i yeah. think you can bring it back to them yeah i know that they were worried that your name was steve and they're like but we just got out of a messy thing with another steve and so i i think i think it's time i think that apple is ready it certainly didn't help that i showed up to the first pitch dressed as steve jobs after he died because i was writing a steve jobs biopic yeah, I thought mm. what was actually disrespectful about that is that you kept saying, I'm here to be Steve Jobs. I'm here to get Steve Jobs' jobs. And because you had to be Steve Jobs to write the movie. Yeah. I mean, that script was amazing, though. That script Thank was you. really good. Yeah. Aaron Sorkin can fucking suck it compared to what you wrote. Cody, do you have anything that you, whenever you think about how to keep your well, dialogue real? Yeah, if my dialogue is, if I'm looking at my dialogue and I'm thinking like, wow, this is all fucked up. This is not the thing that a, a, a sane human being would be saying to another sane human being. If I'm looking at that and that's not the impression, I like to go down to the county fair. Yeah. And I will buy one wristband and that will get me on all of the rides um, for the day for free it's twenty dollars it is more expensive than single ride tickets but you do get unlimited rides and so i will go on the egg scrambler and i like to sit on that egg scrambler and i will go around every time that they stop it i flash my little wristband and go uh-uh mm-hmm. another round and so we'll be on the egg scrambler for maybe about like six seven hours and just every time someone gets sick because what my writing philosophy is is that humans 
are the are the most themselves at their lowest moments. Yeah. And so what when are you lower than when you're throwing up? And so whenever someone Never. is For me it's when you're getting thrown out of a boys and girls club at at 3 a.m. That's that's a really low moment. But yeah, I get what you're saying. I totally get it. Mm-hmm. Better thrown up than thrown in. I always say. Thank you, Steve. Yes. Thank you. Um and Andrew, thank you, Andrew. And thank you, Peter, too, for confirming those things. Yeah, but yeah, so I just will write down m- most of my dialogue is just what are the things that people say right before vomiting? Yes. Um, Rank them. Barn raising or county fair? What's your favorite? Rank them. Rank them from last to first. From last to first. Okay. Of this list, last, I think, would be a tie for <laughs> barn raising and county fair. Okay. Yeah. Well, that was super insightful. I, I think I, I mean, dialogue's a tough one to crack. So I think if you do one of these four things, you're, you're on your way. Never, never, never uh, should you just invent things people say. Ugh. If you catch yourself making up a line yeah. and it's not something that you've heard come out of someone's mouth recently, whether at the county fair or whether on the real world or outside of the boys and girl club or i don't remember what steve's was (laughs) if you ever write something that doesn't fit into those scenarios stop just stop right now remember in wandavision when the when someone said what is love but grief persevering yes who the who the fuck in the real world ever said that yeah (laughs) oh actually that was from me all right well i think let's let's get into my script um Again, I'm Steve, and I wrote today's script. It is called Peanut Begins. If you want to follow along at home, the script we're about to read is on our Twitter at Tough Drafts Pod. So this script, every single production company on Earth is looking for stories that are from pre-existing IP, intellectual mm-hmm. property. So really mm. the only way to sell a script nowadays is to write a script with pre-existing IP. So that's exactly what I did. I came with a, this is a 121 page feature film. I know we're not going to be able to read all of it, but uh, we'll, we'll, maybe we'll do the beginning and the end. Um, and it is telling the story, the origin story of one of the most beloved icons in American history. Alexander Hamilton. It is not Alexander Hamilton. No. Okay. All right. Well, hmm. Pretty controversial take. I just figured because there was already like the biggest Broadway musical of all time about him, I didn't want to step on anyone's toes. Mm. You know, I would argue against that. I think the market is ripe for it. Clearly, people like it, and so I think that having more of that in the marketplace would actually be good. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think it's well, maybe Alexander Hamilton begins. Uh, that that just seems like catchier to me and yeah. way more interesting. And yeah, I hate to I hate to light you up like this before we've even, you know, gotten into the script. But, yeah. But unfortunately, it just like if you're going to make these statements, if you're going to write these things, you should be writing about Alexander Hamilton. I do have buyer's remorse right now. For I spent months on this script, and I and now I do wish it was an Alexander Hamilton origin story. Because it would pair so nicely with the Broadway play. I could have gotten Lin-Manuel to write the music. Ugh. Yes. I'm kicking myself. Hey, Steve, it's okay. It's okay. You know what? Maybe there's a little nugget of something that you can keep here before you delete it all and start again. Could be. And and hey, I am still very high on this script. I think maybe this isn't the one that gets me huge. Maybe that is the Alexander Hamilton script. Maybe this is the spec script that gets me the deal to write the Alexander Hamilton script. And you just use this script, but find and replace peanut without yeah find and re- yeah 
Yeah. Um, so that's, I mean, that's all you really need to know. You will, this is a very iconic character that a lot of people, we don't really know this character's background. So it'll be fun to explore that in this script. Um, so let's get into it. My name is Peter and I will be playing Daisy and Paparazzi One. My name is Cody. I will be playing Bart and Paparazzi Two. Hey, I'm Andrew. I'll be playing Joe Biden, Security and Paparazzi Three. And I'm Steve. I wrote the script. I'll be doing the stage direction. Interior, child's bedroom, evening. Pennsylvania, 1906. A bowl of peanuts sits on a cluttered desk. A child's hand reaches in, grabs a handful, and we follow the small fistful of nuts into the mouth of Bart, a nine-year-old boy looking at himself in a full-length mirror. He wears a top hat, white gloves, and a monocle. His mouth full of peanuts, he chews and chews as he reaches into an old dusty box and pulls out a cane. He looks at himself in the mirror and smiles, a tear streaming down his cheek. Knock, knock, knock. Bart turns quickly to his bedroom door, already inching open. He throws the cane into the box and tries to remove his gloves, but it's too late. Daisy, 35 years old and dressed in all black, walks solemnly into the room. Hi, honey. Hi, mom. Bart finally gets the gloves off. He looks embarrassed. What are you doing in here? She reaches down and picks up that old dusty box. Painted on the side, it reads, Grandpa Richard's clothes. She smiles at Bart and sits beside him on the bed. I know you miss him. I miss him too. Why did he have to die? We all have to die at some point. That's what makes life worth living. She gently touches Bart's cheek. Another tear falls from his eye. Well, it's not fair. You know, I bet Grandpa Richard would be really happy if he knew you were wearing his clothes. That's a very nice way to honor him. You mean... You mean I can keep them? Of course, darling. Daisy gets up, but something catches her eye before she leaves. And Bart? Stop eating so many of those peanuts. She chuckles. Or you just might turn into one. Bart laughs as Daisy walks out of the room. He grabs another handful of peanuts and stuffs them in his mouth. Cut to black. Wow, this kid is a little shit for sure. Oh. This kid is a huge piece of shit. He's wow. already immediately... I, I'm sorry, Steve. I'm so sorry to interrupt so violently like this, but this kid is a huge piece of shit. Okay. I need I, to go to my safe space because Cody is enacting violence on this script. But guess what's in my safe space? This script. And I'm going to take a hatchet to it. And I'm going to be violent on it. Because this kid's a piece of shit. What the heck? What's wrong with this Bart kid? If I could just like come in and sort of like, Steve, I feel bad. You're getting such heat taken to you. So I feel like maybe I can be a little bit of the voice of reason here. Um, and I'll just say, I love Steve. Oh, sure. Oh, I love Steve. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I love, and I love this Daisy character. Yeah. Kids are not bad too. <laughs> I, <laughs> I just think this Bart character is, uh, a struggling individual who is emotionally kind of mixed up in after the death of his grandfather. And I do wish he would stop being such a piece of shit. Oh. That is, that is something I definitively wish. Like, yeah. I do think if you're going to write a script, you shouldn't make the main character so unlikable right off the bat. Okay. 
Well, um, and Steve, I love you, and I love this. I love you too. So far, I love, I you, love Steve. it. I just think yeah. Bart is one of those characters that we just love to hate. I like it's tough when you know I'm two pages in, and I'm just hoping for the death of the main character who is a young child. That makes me feel guilty, but actually, it's your script mm. that is making me feel that way, and that's actually your fault. But mm-hmm. I, but I love you. I love you. I don't, I don't blame you for mm-hmm. this at all. I just want to apologize. I never, my intention was never to make a main character that you guys would hate and think is a piece of shit because I know when I oh. watch a TV show or a movie that I hate the main character, I get enraged. I get so mad that all the blood from my head goes straight to my legs and I fucking <laughs> jump. I do a big slam dunk at the basketball court because I'm pissed off. And so I understand where you guys are coming from. And this was not, you know, this is this is great feedback. I didn't realize he was such a piece of shit. Upon reading it that whole time, I was like, oh, fuck this kid. He's such a dumb piece of shit. Mm-hmm. So now I know that because I heard it read to me. So thank you guys. You know, sure. When I look at the facts, he's just a sweet kid who put on his grandfather's clothes and just like enjoys eating peanuts. And so mm-hmm. when I like think about it or approach the character, from a more objective perspective, I can see how you might have thought this character was adorable, but in execution, he just comes off like an absolute piece of shit. Just, mm-hmm. just Understood. like yeah. the scum of the earth. All right, after we cut to black. Exterior, fancy restaurant, day. Now, New York City, 2022. Cameras flash and people clamor as the front door of a swanky New York restaurant opens. A security detail tries to disperse the paparazzi, and as a small path opens up, a figure emerges from the restaurant. We see a close-up of legs walking, helped along by a cane. An overhead shot shows a figure moving among the pack, shrouded by an old top hat. Make room! Mr. Peanut, Mr. Peanut, happy 125th birthday! Let us through! Mr. Peanut, any word on your relationship with Charlie's Theron? Move it! Uh, Mr. Peanut! So I just want to step out really quick that my I, I I know that may strike people as strange, but my paparazzo is Italian. He's an original paparazzo. So uh, paparazzi uh, three is a paparazzo three is Italian. OK, paparazzi one is a full blooded American. Paparazzi two is actually Papa Rochi. Um, I really love what you guys did with those characters. Paparazzi one being a full blown American is kind of problematic that he is. He's kind of stealing the culture of Italians. Papa Rochi, that's great. That's, that's just, really good. That's really good. <laughs> yeah, no notes there. I can understand how I made a mistake on mine. He's not a full-blooded American. I'll take that back. I, I fucked it up. Papa Rochi. And my uh, paparazzi one is also Papa Rochi. Yeah, maybe he maybe paparazzi one is Papa Rochi too. And Papa Roach <laughs> Paparazzi two is Papa Rochi. Just Papa, he's like the OG. He's Papa Rochi Prime. Okay, yeah. so Paparazzi One is Papa Rochi Two. <laughs> Paparazzi Two is Papa Rochi Prime, and Paparazzi Three is just a full-blooded Italian paparazzo. Okay, cool. All right, sorry, Steve. Let's jump back into it. No, that's all great. I love that. So it seems like Miss, this is Mister Peanut. Okay, so sorry. Let, let's go to top of three. Yeah, yeah. Let's start with uh, that Paparazzi One. Mr. Peanut, Mr. Peanut, happy 125th birthday. Uh, let us through. Mr. Peanut, any word on your relationship with Charlie's Theron? Move it. Uh, Mr. Peanut. Uh... Please, 
finally, we see him, the cause of all of this I'm commotion. sorry, I gotta stop it. I was still playing him as a full-blooded American, and I'm sorry. I could I could really feel that it was offensive what I was doing, and so... Peter, can I make one suggestion? And I, I'm, I'm just gonna pitch this out there. Please. You guys tell me if this is good or bad. I don't know. It's just in my gut. Is he Chinese? <laughs> Or is that no? You know what? That's probably not the way to play it. Um, maybe it's maybe we play paparazzi one. He goes, cut my lens into pieces. Yeah, this is my last report. Bum, bum, to People Magazine and then Vogue. Don't give up. You know what? I'm gonna play paparazzi one as Papa John. That's my way in. That feels right. Don't, Peter. Don't. You know. <laughs> You know he's famous for saying some. <laughs> That's about as full-blooded American as it gets. It might be more offensive to be Papa John than to do a Chinese accent. <laughs> okay, well, I, I don't know what you guys want. I can be. Uh, you can do Papa John, Peter. Just don't don't do the the thing he's most famous for. <laughs> The past three years. No, let me be clear. I intend to read the words on the page as they're written. Okay. Okay. Okay, good. Uh, whatever Papa John might do or say, that would be purely internal. Oh, okay. All right, let's just take this scene one more time. This will be the last one. I, there, um, there's a lot. I have a full 120-page script, so there's a lot okay. to get to. Great, okay. great, great. <clears throat> pizza, pizza. <clears throat> pizza, pizza. Mr. Peanut, Mr. Peanut, happy 124th birthday. Let us through. Mr. Peanut. Any word on your relationship with Charlize Theron? Move it. Uh, Mr. Peanut! Please. Finally, we see him. The cause of all of this commotion. A peanut. But not just any peanut. This peanut has legs and arms. It has a face with one eye covered by a monocle. It's Mr. Peanut, the planter's peanuts icon that we all know and love. Call me Bart. A car whips to the curb and the back door instantly opens. Bart climbs in and waves out the window at the crowd as he's driven away. You know what? Wow. Let's, um, if you guys don't mind, we're just, I, we've already been recording for a bit. Maybe we should cut to the end here. You guys get what's going on though, right? Like, sure. It's, oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's Mr. Yeah. Peanut. I, yeah. Like, yeah. I wish we maybe just spent a little bit more time establishing Mr. Peanut. Maybe we need to see a little bit of that transformation and something, Steve, maybe a little in-between scene. We like mm -hmm. to see a character have a struggle or a challenge mm -hmm. and we can get on their side. So maybe he does a tough mutter. Yeah. So maybe, Steve, maybe one of the struggles that we see from this yeah. piece of shit little kid who's like this absolute mm -hmm. asshole. Who or needs to maybe just be he's doing the CrossFit <laughs> games. And, we, and so just to be clear, we don't think that him being around for the death of his grandfather is a struggle enough and it's invariably, a struggle to read that little piece of shit and not beat his ass in okay everyone's okay, yeah, grandpa so maybe... dies at some point okay not everyone does a tough mutter on yeah that is true so yeah that's maybe gonna there be is... one of the best notes you're ever gonna get steve you better write that shit down because that's that kind is of a good life motto great too. a stuff yeah yeah Tough Mudder should make merch that says that. A t-shirt on the front, it says everyone's grandpa is going to die. And on the back, it says, but not everyone's going to do a Tough Mudder. That's good. So yeah, maybe there is a scene after that intro scene, before it's 2022. Maybe it's like 1965, you know. And he's like, um, he's half man, half peanut at this point. He hasn't fully, fully flipped. And maybe mm -hmm. we see him doing a Tough Mudder. 
Hey, I got a Tough mutter for you. Woodstock, 1969. I got a Tough mutter for you. My mom. <laughs> so we're on page 118, and we're just going to imagine this transformation. Yes. So just for the interest of time, yeah, we're going to jump ahead to page 118, and we'll just read the ending, and in the middle... I don't want to spoil what happens, but you, you'll probably figure it out when we read the ending. Great. So, all right, let's jump to these last few pages. Interior, White House, day. Mr. Pina is covered in blood, and by the looks of it, it's not his own. He carries a pistol through the hollowed halls of the White House. He's only got one destination in mind, and in the distance, he sees it. He silently moves to the large wooden door and slides it open. Interior, the Oval Office, day. Joe Biden holds a handgun to Charlize Theron's head. She's sobbing, her hands tied behind her back. As the door creaks open and Mr. Peanut pokes his head in, Joe Biden tightens his grip on Charlize Theron. Not so fast, Mr. Peanut. I'd advise you to drop your weapon. That is, unless you want Charlize here to get her brains blown out. Mr. Peanut puts his hands in the air. He drops his pistol. Settle down, Mr. President. Nobody needs to get hurt here today. Tell that to the 50 armed guards you slaughtered in our nation's capital. You really are a menace, Mr. Peanut. <laughs> Please, call me Bart. Mr. Peanut glances around the room, taking in his surroundings. It's so good to chat with you face to face. You're a very hard person to track down. Well, when you send the CIA to my house to capture me, I have no choice but to go on the run. <gasps> Little did I know, all I had to do was kidnap your girlfriend, Academy Award-winning actress Charlize Theron. Charlize Theron lets out a blood-curdling scream and cries, showing the audience why she won that Oscar in 2004. What's this all about anyways? What do you want with me? Sorry, is that for Monster? Or Monster's Ball? That was for Monster. Monster's Ball was a Halle Berry vehicle. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's where she yeah. has sex with that one guy. With Billy Bob Thornton, yeah. Halle Berry does have sex with uh, Billy Sling Bob Blade. Thornton in Monsters Ball. Uh, yeah, what's kind of funny about Monster. that is uh, he's in Bad News Bears, Bad News Berry, because they have sex with each other. That's very funny, and I didn't, I've been looking for a joke around Monsters Ball, and I finally found one. Also, uh, so Monsters Ball, Bad News Bears, Baseball, Monsters Baseball. Bad News Monsters Berry Baseball. Ooh, wait, is it Barry Bonds? <laughs> Is it bad news, Barry Bonds? Is what? <laughs> is the bad news? <laughs> it's like someone took a Scrabble board and just threw it. So I guess if I could just make a comment on the script. Okay. Uh, this all makes sense to me. I'm tracking uh, fully of sort of the evolution of this character. It's everything is very logical and it's working great i guess what i'm wondering is why would mr peanut drop his pistol there uh i just felt like that wasn't in character mr peanut the mr peanut that i know not the piece of shit little kid is mm -hmm. a very brave would never act cowardly he's a veteran he's a veteran um i know the mr peanut i know has uh been shot i think upwards of like 70 times wow he's got all those dimples on him he did four tours in Iraq. This is so interesting that just from those first few pages, you guys have gathered so much. Because you're absolutely right. He's a, he's a war veteran, did four tours in Iraq. He begged to go back after the war was over. He said he had unfinished business. 
but they wouldn't let him. They said that'd be a war crime. But listen, he cares about Charlize Theron more than he cares about himself. So he dropped the pistol to save her life. Joe Biden was going to shoot her. He's going to blow her brains out. Okay, so to recap, though, we're we're in the Oval Office. We're in the White House. We're in the Oval Office. Mr. Peanut enters the Oval and Joe Biden has a gun to Charlize Theron's head, who is the girlfriend of Mr. Peanut. That's right. So maybe let's start at the top of page 119 with Mr. Peanut's line. Well, when you send the CIA to my house to capture me, I have no choice but to go on the run. Little did I know all I had to do was to kidnap your girlfriend. Academy Award winning actress Charlize Theron. Charlize Theron lets out a blood curdling scream and cries, showing the audience why she won that Oscar in 2004. What's this all about anyways? What do you want with me? Joe Biden walks towards Mr. Peanut and kicks his fallen gun away underneath a cupboard. Then he sits at his desk, tugging Charlize Theron along beside him. I am so old, so very, very old. I was gonna, I'm gonna die soon. And until very recently, I thought there was nothing I could do about that. Joe Biden becomes lost in his thoughts, looking out of the window. Mr. Peanut silently inches toward the cupboard where Joe Biden kicked his gun. When you celebrated your 125th birthday earlier this year, I thought to myself, this guy has it all figured out. Mr. Peanut continues scooting towards the cupboard, not making a sound. And as president, don't I deserve to live forever? I'm the most important guy in America, in the world. Joe Biden turns around from the window and looks at Mr. Peanut. He doesn't notice that he shifted locations. After I stole the election in 2020, I realized there was nothing I wouldn't do to get what I want. And I want to live forever because I think that sounds cool. Joe Biden pulls out a syringe. He gets up from his chair. He walks toward Mr. Peanut menacingly. Charlize screams again. It's a dynamic performance. I've got the best scientists in the country on standby to analyze and replicate whatever it is that makes you live so long. All I need is a sample. Joe Biden is now face to face with Mr. Peanut. Time to suck the peanut butter out of your heart. Joe Biden attempts to stab Mr. Peanut with the syringe, but Mr. Peanut dives to the ground. Ah reaches beneath the cupboard and grabs his pistol. Hey, when he When he looks Scott. up to when he looks up to aim at Joe Biden, the president is pulling his handgun out of his pocket. Malarkey. The two point their weapons at each other at the same time and boom. For a moment, it's unclear who has been hit. But then Joe Biden falls to the ground, dead, a bullet hole right between his eyes. We all have to die at some point, Mr. President. That's what makes life worth living. Mr. Peanut stands up and runs to Charlize Theron. He unties her hands and brings her in for a deep, deep kiss. Remember that conversation we had last week? The one about how if I eat enough humans, maybe I'll turn back into a guy? Charlize Theron nods. She knows the conversation well. Mr. Peanut turns to the corpse of Joe Biden laying on the ground. Maybe now is the perfect time to start. Blackout. Holy shit. Not not expecting the ending. I was expecting every single thing because, you know, I'm a seasoned reader and writer of scripts. I was expecting everything up until the very last, very last line. Mm. And wow, that got me. Maybe now is the perfect time to start. Did you think it just wasn't the perfect time? 
That's that was the thing is I thought he was going to go. Well, I can do that later. Yeah. And sorry, this was not ideal the way we read this kind of skipping around. But uh, I'm glad we got the beginning and the end done. Uh, you know, Steve, actually, I think this is a great exercise to read just the beginning and just the end. Because why is it a good idea to do this? I guess I I do wish that there was some explanation for why Mr. Peanut or Bart uh, becomes such a piece of shit at the end again. I just felt like he was such a piece of shit on that last page. Interesting. He just really, I was like, oh, I see Bart. I see the little piece of shit in him. And I don't know why. I don't know why we're back to Bart. Um, but I do think Bart is just an absolute trash human being who I wish I didn't have to spend any time with. Wow. It's hard to hear, but important to hear well steve i think that this is a this is a lesson and it's a lesson for all of us we get caught up i know you've written tens hundreds that uh so many scripts Mm -hmm. sometimes we still can get caught up in falling in love Mm -hmm. with our characters i did make that mistake this mr peanut was kind of all i thought about for about six months i dreamed about him plastered photos of him around my house the truth of the matter is gentlemen i ate so many peanuts I'm also, I'm allergic to peanuts. I ate so many peanuts in the last six months that I, I, the doctors say I took nearly 50 years off of my own life. Wow. For a 50 year old, that is a lot. Yeah. And I'm already 50. So, you know, if this script doesn't work out, I really did cut my life just about in half for nothing. Yeah. Cut your life into pieces, you know? (gasps) Paparazzi. Paparazzi. Papa John. If I had, I guess, one closing note, something that I felt like was missing, and I don't know if this was in the middle, I'm not sure, but mm-hmm. with Charlie's Theron taking on such a important uh, role yeah. in your script, I was a little shocked to discover that at no point do you mention the fact that her Twitter handle is Charlie's Africa because she is South African. And so I just wish you would have worked that in. Well, interestingly enough, in the middle of this script, we do meet Charlize Theron's family. Mm. And they all talk like this, South African. They all talk like this. That would have been fun to explore. Yeah. Maybe in another episode. But you're right. I should have included her Twitter handle. Um, Elon Musk's family is also there. They are killing people kill like this but they're talking like this talk like this wow it's so interesting that that sounds so australian to me (laughs) no 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 that's south african south South african African. south african yeah australian sounds like this and this is new zealand well that was a great script steve i loved it i'm so invested (laughs) in it thanks yeah um i really hope it works out like i said and again just kind of still driving myself crazy that this wasn't an Alexander Hamilton script. Mm. But I do think a lot of it will translate. (laughs) I guess that's it. And uh, to everybody listening, if you liked this episode, make sure to rate it five stars on your podcast app, wherever you're listening. And um, subscribe. Make sure you listen to to the next week's episode. And um, until then, please fuck off. Fuck off, please. Please fuck fuck off. off. Go ahead and fuck right off. Just fuck you. Yeah, fuck yourself and fuck off. Goodbye. Goodbye.